Good morning, church. Wonderful house of God. Be so keen to get back to the house. So keen to get back. Lots of good things happening. Um, not a bad crowd for, for a lot of people being away. Yeah, not too bad. We got enough here to make something happen. Good morning, church. Good morning, house of God. Well, we're in the house, and uh, why don't you just stand, and I'll just pray for you and declare something over you. I'm going to move through quick, pretty quickly. Uh, I want to drop something into your spirit, so I want to drop a prayer over your life. And uh, thank you so much for coming. Be um, aware that we have visitors coming, people, uh, new people like Steve joining us, and others, our friends here, apparently... Boom, they're, they're coming along now, and uh, Terry and Nolene, wonderful, they're with us, they're a great couple. <laughs> Guys, I don't know what's happening, but people are joining this church, they're coming, I think it is our time, I think we have a good message for people in the community and beyond. Uh, it is a bigger message than just your pastoral version of events. I think even the world is up for that. They understand that God provides faith, hope, and love, and, and that's nice. Um, but God doesn't do just nice. He is a good God, uh, and He is a great God. And, and so we need to start believing in the bigger version of events. They're lapping up on the shores of our life our education systems, our marketplace, we have the world in our face saying that Jesus is not Lord. Amen? So before I get to, whoa, hang on, settle down, Pastor Phil. And uh, so I've got to be real with you. This is the grandfather version of me now speaking to you. And um, so I will say to you, we need to draw a line in the sand Get down to Tuoon Bay and do it prophetically if you have to and put a line in the sand and declare to that crowd of people, Jesus is Lord. Amen? Whoa. I'm all bottled up and I believe we're, the planet is in a good place. It's in a quandary. It's in a tension. You know it is. There's tectonic plates that are about to erupt for good and bad. It's, you know... But, but there is bad stuff going to happen. But we have so much where for all from heaven. We have so much resource that playing Cubby House Church is over. If you've joined a community center called C3 Tugra, you are in the wrong place. If you've joined a seeker-sensitive church where we're tiptoeing around people's feelings, and, and you've joined the wrong place. If you don't want to worship and stare at stained glass windows, which is a viable way to worship? Uh, quote me on that. Uh, and yes, you can just be very, very quiet and aesthetically your surroundings are, are saying that God is God. And I love it. I was baptized in a 400-year-old Anglican church. I visited there five years ago and I am so blessed of my past in that regard. But the Lord called me out of that into Australia, the great south land of the Holy Spirit. I believe this to be true. Prophetically, the Lord drew me out 
to be a trailblazer of the Spirit and to be a great adventurer of, of creating and joining a movement of God. So I'm not into denominational um, stuff, you know, camped around very carefully, worshipping what happened years ago. I mean, you know, just honouring what happened years ago in terms of that organisation. I believe that we should be a movement. Uh, and, and we need to believe, and this morning, guess what, Pastor Julie? You and your worship team created a movement of the Spirit. We went somewhere, we got on the train, and we went to another station called the Throne of Grace. And that is a good day, amen? Well done, sister. Because that ain't easy. That ain't easy. A lot of people don't get on the train. People are just, you know, and go, we're leaving. I don't care if you're leaving or not. You can leave, go, you know. And you, you, you come back after the worship and they're still there with their arms folded. So we can't help that. It's human nature. We understand that, but we believe that there is a God that can change you, transform you, and, 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 and allow you to be that worshiping person. You... I know there is a worship in you, and sometimes it's redirected wrongly into other things, sports, colorbond roofs, um, stuff, animals, dog. I won't pick up on your sacred cow. I shouldn't pick on your sacred cow. I'm losing friends already. I'm losing friends. Motorbikes, that's right, Terry, motorbikes. I know your sacred cows. I've got them too. Golf, golf is mine at the moment. And uh, Rodney Howard Brown had an incident years ago where he, he knew golf had him. He didn't have golf, but golf, because he lost his temper on the golf, golf course. He threw his, <laughs> bent it up. He said, oh, and the Lord said, that's it, Rodney. Give up golf. And so that's what you've got to do when you know something has you. So that's what I've done in my life. Straight up at the beginning, I got rid of 700 albums I had bought through the 70s and 80s. I loved music, used to follow the encyclopedia of Melody Maker. In the, anyway, that was my idol. The Lord challenged me on it. And in the 80s, that's what you did. You were bananas for Jesus. Thank you, Keith Green and others that helped us do that. Keith Green. And, um, and so we did. We ditched stuff. We burnt stuff. We went through Julie's um, show business photos. Went, oh, that's a bit... Uh, that, that, and lucky we kept some <laughs> because we'd have none to this day. But that's what you did. You, you went bananas for Jesus. It was all in in those days. It was all in. And, and there were people that had obviously done the same. Uh, that we were worshipping God with. Then church got very sensible and very clicky and very, um, you know, glossy, uh, you know, chrome-plated, plastic fantastic. Uh, I mean, smoke, what are they called? <laughs> Big screens, smoke machines, and skinny jeans. Uh, version of church. Uh, that's, guys, come on. We've got to get back to, to Jesus having his church, and because times are now are upon us. So let me pray for you. I want to pray for you. Happy New Year. Of course I will say that. Lord, our, our hearts are full of praise and thanksgiving as we reflect upon God's goodness, and he was so good through 2022, and our expectations for 2023 
are faith-filled. Can you say amen to that? We know that God is our source and our supply. And, and, and 2023 shall be the year, I declare it, the year of El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough, the all-sufficient one, can I hear an amen? amen. I prophesy as you, as you personally, ident- now hear this, I prophesy as you personally identify with God's word, with the B-I-B-L-E, in faith, say faith, you will see the fulfillment of God's promises in your life, your business, your marriage, your children, and the saints say, in 2023, God will deliver you, lift you up, be with you in trouble, and show you His salvation daily. I declare it. And Psalm 91, 14 Because he has set his love upon us, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. I'm speaking this over you right now. Because he has known my name. I pray that you know the name of Jesus. He shall come. We're about this year to make Jesus known to all the people outside these four walls. Can you say amen? Amen. He shall call upon me and people are on the brink of calling upon Jesus, I believe it to be true, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And Psalm 91 verse 16 says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Lord God, every day, every day as we keep you first, the principle of first is a very important principle in the New Testament. We give him our first, our tithe. We come to the church on the first day of the week. First, first. There's so many firsts. And it was so important we made a good start on this first Sunday in our church. Every day as we keep you first in our life, purposing in our hearts to fulfill your plan for my life, we will see your hand, your mighty right hand, powerfully working over our life. Every area of my life will be flooded with heaven's blessings, and I prophesy this will be your greatest year thus far. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper in Jesus' name. And the saints say, Amen. All right, you can take a seat. I am very mindful at the start of the year, anticipating good things and prophetic things, uh, good prophetic things and some uh, more dramatic things, and we need to be aware of it. I believe God is ushering in His will. He's ushering in a move of God. We're on the brink of a great revival. Iran is in revival right now, believe it or not. They cannot contain it. The government is dismayed because there is a growing swell of, gra- of churches in Iran. I said Iran, the most ah, lockdown, pl- lockdown place and nation in the earth. But God is moving and He's coming via dreams through people who have somehow have influence to say to a neighbor, Jesus Lord, and boom, the whole family gets saved. Jesus knows who to pick on. If He's going to pick on you, it's for good reason. Amen. And, and, and amen. So God is speaking to us personally and corporately 
Father, we need to hear what you are saying to us, and we can say amen to that. God always, God always gives us direction and information and revelation. He's about doing that. And if you give him half a chance through prayer, contemplation, meditation, he will speak to you about what's on the horizon of your life. And you need to do that. I believe God is intersecting in our lives to bring revelation and to bring understanding. A spirit of revelation and understanding is your portion if you allow the Holy Spirit to to, uh, be, you know, evident in your life. There's a better word, to be be active in your life. So 1 John 4, 9, who's been feeling this? In this, this, the love of God was manifested towards us. Who's felt that? Who's felt the love of God manifested towards you? That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. That we might live through Him in Christ. 52 times it's mentioned in the epistles of Paul, in Christ. It's about being in Christ. It's not about religion and a philosophical view of God out there. And we live in this autonomy called my life and I'll do it as I will. No, you've been purchased by the blood of Christ. Amen? You are not your own. You belong to Him. Uh, straight as that. Is, that. is that too much? Should I dial it down? Amen. No, but it's true. You belong to Him, and He's got great stuff for you and your family, your generations. I pray that you would know, this is what I pray over you also, that you would know your Father's greatest desire for his, is for you to be like Him that you would desire holiness and transformation. And here's a key word that the Lord's been speaking to me for a while now, maturity. It's time to grow up. Knowing He's always taking me beyond my comfort zone. I have a pet thing. I mentioned it on, not so much now, but on Instagram I was doing it. And it was a phrase called comfort versus kingdom. Comfort versus kingdom. It's very hard to live in the dynamic of the kingdom when you're trying to preserve the, this comfort zone of your life. Uh, and that's something very challenging for a lot of people. We call it the picket fence syndrome, creating a nice... Uh, after the war, World War II, they did it in the 50s, where uh, the, everyone went very sensible, didn't talk about the war, they didn't talk about their hurts or traumas, and... Everyone was dutifully doing their job. The wife had the apron, was baking the cake and making the meal. The husband had walked through the door with the briefcase. How did it go? Oh, it went wonderful. Great, I got a meal prepared for everything. It was very, very nice because they were so damaged, traumatized through the war that they had to fight back this semblance, this semblance of order and, and dignity of being human. My father, 92 years of age, he died, and he, one of the concessions he made later in life, he says, I am, and he was a half-glass full type of guy, always very, uh, always very optimistic, but he did say to me, he said, I am disappointed with human nature, the things I saw in World War II. I am disappointed that people would stoop. And, and this is human nature. We all deal with it. Amen? And so... Yes, they call that Pleasantsville, apparently, and Stepford Wives is probably built around that, that model that everything is perfect, but in the backdrop is all this woo, scary stuff. 
oh, amen. And so they call it the silent generation, and they bottled it all up, didn't get healed, and a lot of those people uh, eventually suffered because of that. And they, they weren't able to love the baby boomers that were born. My gen didn't get probably loved properly because they were so bottled up in their emotions, and those fathers were... Oh, Anyway, I'm digressing. Stop it, Pastor Phil, but I'm trying to give understanding. So, Lord, I pray that you would, I pray that you, um, let me talk about this. He cares about your transformation more than even your happiness, more about your spiritual maturity than your comfort. I pray that you would endure the process that will shape you into all he has created you to be. Can you say amen to that? Can you just lift your hands like this and say, Lord, transform me. Even if it takes me out of the comfort zone. Lord, you have a future and a hope for me. There are promises of salvation. Physical, spiritual, inheritance. Lord, I'm open to receive them. I'm open for miracles. Amen. All right, let's begin. There's a sense, there's a sense of, let's turn our Bibles to Joel 22, 2.23. I'm getting into my message now. And, and I've got to move quickly. Sorry, I can't even wait for you to open your Bibles. But Joel 2.23 says, the children of Zion can be glad. There's a sense, I'll, I'll premise that. There is a sense of this happening right now. And, and I'm feeling it so much. I really do feel this. That's why we come back from holidays. We had to pray the new year in. We had to get the word of the Lord for the church. And one of the things that leadership, it's incumbent upon a leader of a church, is to have the word of the Lord and is to have a leadership dynamic that is from Jesus. Because Jesus is our leader. He's leading this church. And I'm trying to, and Julie and the team are trying to listen to Jesus He's our leader, and we're leading you, we're leading your souls into the greener pastures of his will and transformation. Oh, Jesus. So the children of Zion can be glad, it says in Joel 2.23. I, I think I might go to the whole thing. I was going to just, just paraphrase it, but if we go to Joel 2.23, be glad, people of Zion, people of the church, rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled. And that's it, 23. That's all I wanted to say. So we're talking about this phrase. We used to use it a lot in, in revival days. Do you remember, Julie? We used to use the the former rain and the latter rain. Anyone familiar with that terminology? I need to explain it because I feel that a lot of people don't understand, but it, it will give credence to what season I think we're in. And of course, when you read 23, it leads to the climax in verse 24, I will restore to you the locusts have eaten. And I'd like to point out a number of people in this church where the locusts have eaten your life in some regard. Your destiny, your purpose in God, your, your, you know, your, even your property, your, your calling, whatever it is, the locusts have seemingly taken that. Now, he, the Hebraic calendar says we're in the decade of, of pay, which is the mouth. 
uh, the expression, the mouth. Um, but last year, and it's 5783 right now, but last year was a Shemitah year, which was a rest year. And, and Shemitah, Jubilee, means a release. So all of us should have, have felt last year a sense that we were being released, free of all encumbrances. That should have been happening. I'm going to help you if it hasn't happened right now. So I want to say to that, that why the prophetic world is, is excited, because we've come out of a Shemitah year, which is six years, but the seventh year is the cancelling of debts, is the releasing of all the, the baggage. And that was a rest year, by the way. Now we're into the year where we're pushing in for another seven of God doing great things. So it's work time again. Now God's going to up the ante of getting His church activated, mobilized in the power of Jesus' name. Amen? So we're anticipating, wow, and look, you can drill down way more into that, and I recommend it to you, because it gives you understanding. So he says in 25, verse 25, Joel 2.25, I will restore to you what the locusts have eaten. And so what does that mean? He's going to repay you back for what you've missed out. Uh, He's going to give back what you've lost out in the harvest that that was destroyed. And if you read on, vats will overflow and new wine and oil. Joel 2.26, you shall eat in the plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. I just feel like God has dealt with C3 Tugger in a wondrous way. Can, Can you say amen to that? who has dealt wondrously with us, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of the church, in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. We, I know the world is beating down on us and trying to shame us, and, and you know, uh, but we're not going to be put to shame. We're not ashamed of the gospel of His name. Amen. So what is the meaning of the latter and the former rains? Uh, We did indeed used to mention a lot. One is literal, it's literal rains, it's for the harvest to grow and eat, which is very, in modern world, we don't care much about the rain. We don't understand when it rains, it gives uh, food to plants and then we can eat. We just think we go to a supermarket and it magically turns up. But if you lived in real farming uh, terms, you would know rain is good. So Deuteronomy 11 1315, which I believe this church has been living by. Um, Deuteronomy 11, 13 to 15 is part of the promise God gave the nation of Israel and has given us, I believe, that he would love, that those who would love him and keep his commandments, that he would bless them. Who loves that? That those who love him, that keep his commandments and that he would bless them. Who wants that? Who wants that? So we've got to understand that I believe this church has been sustained by that very prayer. So let's read it out, uh, Deuteronomy eleven thirteen, And it shall be that if you earnestly, passion meaning, with expectancy come to church, with expectancy believe that God is breaking into your life, into your circumstance, into your world, it's living with an anticipation of great expectancy by faith. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love, there it is, love the Lord your God and serve Him with all your hearts and with all your soul. And thank you for all the people stepping up in 2023 to serve the Lord. Give these guys a hand clap. We got our worship team that is stepping up. 
and uh, some of our musicians are away, but they're stepping up. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, others. Thank you so much. Deuteronomy eleven fourteen. Then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain, there it is, and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain the new wine and the oil. And I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. So we're talking about autumn rains and spring rains. It's literal, but it's spiritual, and I'll get to that. Hosea, Hosea 6.3 describes the second coming of the Lord. Uh, Jesus at the beginning of the millennial kingdom in terms like this. And it says he's coming like rain, and it brings refreshment and joy. And he says it like this, and I believe this is happening also. Hosea 6.1, come, let us return to the Lord. Who was keen to come to church this morning? I was so keen, I couldn't wait to come. My God, I don't know what it is, but when I got saved, when Julie and I got saved out of our, whoo, out of our other life, uh, we'd land in, this is 86, I think, at CLC in the Erinor High School when Impact Center didn't have a building, Kevin, 85, and, and we were looking for church, and we had little Jilly in the pram, that's all we had at that time, and we'd try that church and try that. You've got to have the right fit, guys. You know, you've got to be in the right place. To, you, know, to, to, you know, it's like the gym. If I work out in this gym and I don't get definition, I don't get muscles, well, you move on to the next gym and you find the gym that gives you, you know, your, your core strength and, your, you know, and, and, and that's what church is, by the way. It's, it's a spiritual gym. Did you think you'd come here to sloth around? So. <laughs> eat a big fat chocolate cake of Revelation and just go, oh, that was awesome, man. I just got a, got a food coma, man, being at C3 Tugger this morning. Oh, well, that was awesome, man. No, this is where you come, you walk out of the gym, and you see these guys, they walk out of the gym, they look like they're on fire. Man, I'm jealous. I wish I looked at like that still. Dear Lord, their butt cheeks are sitting up here. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, sorry, I'm spoiling the... <laughs> oh, dear Lord, I'm having fun. Thank you, Jesus. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, that's with someone right there, and he will bind us up. After two days, and that's the days we're in now, 2,000 years, one day is 1,000 years, 1,000 years is one day. We're in the two years, but we're coming up to the third day very shortly. There's a whole third day revelation in there. After two days... He will revive us. People have been revived, transformed, healed. And, and the great stories I'm hear, he, uh, hearing of people uh, that happening to is a marvelous thing. On two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up. Is that, the, is that the rapture? Is that the, wow, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has come? I think it is. That we may live in his sight, guys. We may live in the light of God. Don't turn asunder. If he's shining this way, don't deflect. You know, you've got to take the full You've got to take the full radiance of God so you can radiate that out to your community. If you go, I don't want too much of God, and it pings off you and it goes, oh, God, someone's just found out I'm a Christian because it deflected over there. No, you want the full radiance of the glory. Oh, dear Lord, <laughs> let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of God. He's going forth. It is established as the morning. He will come in like the rain, like the latter and the former rain to the earth. Who loves that? I could go to James 5, 7, talks about autumn and spring rains. The passage, of course, uh, and this young families know this. God is your provider, and he will meet you by the grace of God. 
Just as he provided rain for his people, he will help you no end. God takes care of those who follow him, those and even those who don't. He seemingly takes care of even the unsaved. It's amazing what they do in these radical sports. They hang off cliffs riding bikes and, you know, they don't understand, but they're only doing that by the grace of God. They think it's clever. They think, look at how ingenious I am hanging off a cliff. You know, you know look at me go. It's triple somersault. Yeah, you're doing it by grace because God's allowing you to get away with it. And you need to know that you're only getting away. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming, James 5, 7 says, and the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. And Joel 2.23 is what I want to speak about. It has a spiritual meaning. Prophetically, it has a meaning. Be glad, Joel 2.23, be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain, uh, the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So they talk about this prophetically as saying, well, the first rain was Pentecost, and the latter rain is what we're feeling now, and even more so now, the unusual movement of God's Spirit to bless us, and, 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 and what's happening all over the world. You've got to download some God news. It's fantastic what's happening out there, people getting blessed and movements uh, of, of the Spirit happening and, and in an unusual ways. And so it's the former, it's Pentecost, but it's the latter, it's right now. And that former and the latter reign together is what I believe is happening right now. Church, we need to interpret our times, interpreting, interpreting the times, the, the God's, in fact, God's now times. Say now times. So let me give you a little, a little something here. In the natural cycle of life, there are seasons. This will help someone. Some seasons are filled with desolation. I want you to remember that word desolation. I will explain it in a moment. But in those times, we can take comfort in knowing that every season has a time frame. Can someone say amen to that? There's a time when desolation ends and prophetic fulfillment begins. And these seasons in our lives are now times. Times of prophetic fulfillment when God's promises are manifesting. That's why born-again, spirit-filled, motivated Christians, they live on the precipice of something happening. They're on the precipice. Something's going to happen today. They come to church. Something's going to happen. I don't know. Someone's going to get saved. Dear God, someone's going to give a million-dollar love offering. I don't know what it is. You know, it's, it's what you do. It's an anticipation. Because the Bible says in, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith, not yesterday's faith, yesterday's hero, yesterday's hero. Sorry, I went into a Johnny Young. What's his name? JPY, thank you, Stephen. Are oh, you going to be fun to have in this church, man? Thank you, sir. Now, now faith, now faith is the substance. Who's the substance? Jesus. That's what I taught my Bible college students at C3 Spectrum of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So, in his book, God's Timing for Your Life, Dutch Sheets writes, I met Dutch Sheets some 20 odd years ago in a restaurant. It was his first time in Australia, and I was helping him how to how you tip, and he thought, 
It was a standard thing to give everyone a tip. But anyway, I met him, shook his hand. I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's a prophetic sign of what all that transpired in this church because he wrote a great book about prayer intercession and he is at the forefront of the prayer, prophetic prayer intercession movement. And there's some reason why I met that guy and shook his hand and thank you, Father. I remember he stood up out of his table and he had his napkin on. When he stood up, his napkin fell away and he shook my hand. He's, oh, you know, it was like humble guy, such a humble guy. And uh, life is a series of changes, Chuck says, or Dutch says. A process of going from the old to the new, from chronos, meaning a general process of time, chronos, chronos. Get up, have your breaky, brush your teeth, and, and put some washing on. Uh, chronos time. And, but then there is kairos, K-A-I-R-O, kairos time, meaning an opportune, strategic, or now time, a divine, strategic, now time. And he says, growth, change, revival, all are a process. Life is connected. Understanding this, we tend to despise the chronos times of preparing and sowing and believing and pres preserving like we, we did all the years, Jules. We're not losing, I want to declare over you, we're not losing or wasting time we're investing it, and if we do so faithfully, the shift will come. The shift will come. When a time of desolation or wilderness ends and a new season of promises begins, those are God's now times. Now to my text in Daniel 9. You can open it up if you want to finish it off. We'll say this. We see a biblical example of desolation season coming to an end, uh, end so that a season of prophetic fulfillment can begin in Daniel 9. Israel, as you know, had been in captivity uh, for 70 years and was still in bondage when Daniel began reading the prophecies of Jeremiah, who's been reading their Bible. Daniel 9.2 says, In the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So there it was in Scripture. And Daniel read and he suddenly understood that there was a prophecy given many years before and that, that now was the time for the prophecy to be fulfilled. Are you tracking with me? The 70 years of desolation that Jeremiah had prophesied has been completed and the time has come to break out C3 Tagra out of their captivity, out of your captivity, of whatever funk you are in. Funk is a depression, it's a stuckness. Whatever that is, we pray that you would be able to break out. We, like Daniel, also need to come to a place in which we can understand the sequencing of events. Hence my message this morning about communing with God and understanding what God is saying for this time right now. When you know it's time for a season of desolation to end, you want it done and you want its effects off you in Jesus' name. Amen? You want it done and dusted. And I feel that has actually happened 
corporately to this church. We had so much forward movement in vision builders when we just simply said forward. We're sick of being stuck in COVID for three years. Blow this. We're going forward. Just like God said to Moses, what are you doing? Go, go forward. But there's a big, massive water of obstacle. Trust me, it will move when you move forward. They move the ocean. Hallelujah, that's how life works. God opens red seas. He he removes mountains. Um, So church, through his promises to us, God is breaking off desolation personally, corporately, territorially even, I believe, over the Central Coast for 2023. Who wants to take that to the bank? Okay, so desolation means this in Jesus' name, and it's coming off. Unhappiness, loneliness, emptiness, despondency, sorrow, depression, grief, woe, dejection, discouragement, despair, anguish, devastation. It comes off you. It comes off you in Jesus' name. And it comes off your, your um, brother, yeah, brothers and sisters, but off your, I was going to say children. It comes off your children because I know many of you have children estranged from God and they're stuck in a funk. They're stuck, stuck in a funk of like desolation row. You know, we don't hear that saying much, but they're on desolation row and they're needing to get back to their prophetic timeline of what God is saying to them. And anytime we try and do this, the enemy tries to oppose us and tries to, you know, stop us from reaching reaching uh, that prophetic fulfillment. So there's a principle of three-step process. Quickly, for us to be aware, to move, to begin to break out of desolation row into our now times, quickly I'll say this. Step one, God gives an intercessory call. That's happening. Has anyone feeling like they need to pray? Help me, guys. I hope so. You've been feeling like you, you should pray, that you need to pray? Unfortunately, if you're not spirit-filled, it's very hard to get airborne with prayer. I will tell you that. He gets me up at three every morning. <laughs> three every morning, does he? Awesome. <laughs> it's James Julie. We, guys, we have a connect group, three in the morning. You don't have to leave your beds. You don't have... Steve's in it. Julie's in it. Uh, put your name on a list if you want. But we do have a connect group. If you, if you don't want to get out of your bed and you don't mind being woken up at three o'clock, but please, the first one is this, and this is wisdom. God gives us an intercessory call. That's what happened to David. And as with Daniel, God gave first release. He gave a release, a burden unto him to pray through. So let me just say this. A burden is a deep impression of God's heart and will within our spirit. Can you concur with that? This burden feels like a weight or a stirring within. I feel, I've been feeling that. As it is so strong that we respond to God so that God can change uh, that thing in our life or or, or change that, that issue in our life. Intercession is desire to break desolation from our lives. Intercession is desire to break desolation from our lives and allow prophetic fulfillment to continue its process. It's knowing that we are cooperating with God and giving Him what He needs to bring the new, to bring the new to effect. It's a desire to get in line with what God is doing and connect ourselves with it for our now season. 
We're in a now season, guys. We need to respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and to align ourselves with God's mind and heart and so that we can go forward. I declare we are going forward in 2023. Amen? This can only happen when you communicate with our holy sovereign God. Amen? As we come into agreement with God through His intercessory call, we will propel us, He will propel us out of our circumstances and move us into prophetic fulfillment. Amen? You liking this, Steve? But we can ask Jesus to change our situation, and of course we should, because Hebrews 7.25 says it like this, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for him. Do you notice my prayer of salvation, how it says, and Jesus is at the right hand of, the, of God, and then I'll put this in, and he's praying for me. He is praying for our loved ones that don't know him. I actually put that in every time when I do. Ooh, quickly. All right, I need to abbreviate these last two points. Christ is available. You are available, Lord. Step two, God revives unfulfilled prophetic destiny. Right now, just lift up your hands. Every unfulfilled prophetic destiny that's laying dormant uh, but is, Lord, part of their inherent makeup of being alive on this earth, Lord, that inheritance that is destined for them, Lord, that prophetic destiny, Lord, I pray it would be revived in Jesus' name right now. As we come into agreement with God through intercession, He reminds us, Lord, remind us of the prophetic declaration, the prophetic destiny that's in my DNA through my grandmother, my grandfather, my forefathers. Lord, there is prophetic destiny in my life. Just like Daniel, who discovered when the 70 years had been up and God's people should have been released and set free, let me realize in a dramatic way that what beckons me is my future and hope in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. The prophet Jeremiah had prophesied that the whole land would go into desolation and serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. And you can see that in Jeremiah 25 verse 11. But Daniel received the prayer, C3 Tugra received the prayer from God that God was able to break in and create that impetus, that catalyst for that that, that, that prophetic fulfillment that he has for us. And I believe it is now time, it is now time for you and I to engage with now faith. And, and, and Lord, that desolation that is on our life, whatever desolation we are suffering from, we cast it off. We, we say, Lord, it's gone. I'm coming out of a Shemitah year, a year of releasing, a year of resting in you, and you are stripping me off all the encumbrances that I had. We just sold Gemma's car, and I said, Gemma, write on the receipt, free of all encumbrances. And I declare that you are set free from every encumbrance that the enemy is saying is still valid in your life. Amen. Step three, God calls us to prophesy into our destiny. As hard as it is for many to believe, God has chosen us to be that prayer link, to be in, in, in this cooperation with God to bring his will to bear. Miles Munro says in Genesis, he brings out the word, let them 
take dominion. Let them pray. Let them call the, the animals. What they, let them. There's a lot of onus on us. Amen. He calls us to come into dialogue with him. Father, help me with my dialogue. Help me with my narrative. Lord, let it be not filled with Netflix narrative. So when I pray, I can pray the word. I can pray the narrative of heaven, the narrative of prophetic fulfillment. Wash my mind, cleanse my mind, renew my mind, which Marty apparently preached last Sunday. The renewal of the mind is so important for 2023, amen? Getting something out of this? He calls us to come into dialogue with him, listen to his voice. And that was going to be, that's the title of my message, hear the voice of God. But then I realized I had to lay this in. And so, Father, we need prophetic revelation, prophetic fulfillment. We need that prophetic fulfillment to beckon us, to be evident, to beckon us. We pray, Jesus. So the action of declaring prophetic revelation is called prophetic intercession. Prophetic intercession unlocks miracles, releases the blessing of God. And I believe the body of Christ and I believe this church stands, stands in the womb of the dawn of a new day, a new era, a new season. That's how dramatic it is. Thank you, Hebrew calendar, and thank you, Holy Spirit, and thank you, prophetic people out there that are, are suggesting that, that we are not K Sarah Sarah ambling ambling into a 2023 the same we are coming to attention realizing whoa hang on hang on when i go to the golf course i gotta know what winds are blowing i gotta what winds i have a coach he says where's the wind blowing i even i didn't even worry about the hit i just want to whack that ball man i just want to whack it man good and bright he says hang on where's the wind oh okay well i know from movies and such that you put a little spit on you and you you do this, you go, but then I realize there's a huge big flag at the clubhouse. And it's, uh, <laughs> I <don't... laughs> or you can pick up a leaf, crush it, throw it into the air like my mate does, and you can see where the wind's blowing. And I honestly believe that everyone should be doing that. Sister, Psalm 110, verse 3, I'm done. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. People are stepping up and being the church, mobilized as the church. You're being reactivated to be the church. The, the world needs the church like never before. The church, the world needs the church. It's our only hope. Politics ain't going to help us. Joe Biden proved that. <laughs> and every other prime minister we've had, we need the church. It's the pillar of truth. You are the church, the living stones built together, offering spiritual sacrifices to God, the Bible says. And you become a temple of God, David. You are a part of, you are not ostracized. You are not out there. You're not a pile of rubble. This church is not a pile of rubble. You are living stones built by the Spirit. You might be sitting there in a quandary of life. You're, 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 you're sort of being waylaid and you're being brutalized by life and you feel desolate and, you know, and despairing. But you, by virtue of the fact that you're part of this church, you are a valuable inclusion, and we thank you for that. I thank you for being a part of this church. You are living stones built together, offering spiritual sacrifices to God through worship, through giving, through serving. So, Father, you, you said, Psalm 110, verse 3, you can stand up. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. Father, direct us to pray. 
as you would have us pray for your will to be done on the earth. Can you lift your hands like that up right now? And just say this, Lord God, direct my prayers to bring your will on earth as it is in heaven. Help me to prophesy. Help me to prophesy like Ezekiel. Like Ezekiel was given understanding of our Israel's prophetic destiny that he was to declare to the earth, declare to that army that they weren't scattered anymore, that they were being drawn back together, that they weren't dry bones. And I will declare this in the coming together of your life as the breath of life enters your body and that spiritual warfare that has caused hope to be deferred off your life. Hope will again be reactivated, our hope in the future. I know that you've heard that scripture a lot, but it says, Beloved, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you a future and a hope. And someone said, why are a lot of young people, they serve me at McDonald's and they're blank. They've got, and I said, I believe it's because they don't have a future and a hope. I think they honestly know, even the unsaved, even your unsaved friends know that life is bleak. But you know there is a great hope and a great faith and a great hope in God and a great future in God. Is that right? So that's why we arise and shine and show the world that we have got something. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of the church in the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Can this church live? Can this person live? Can this prayer meeting live? Can this worshiping soul live for God so I answered oh Lord God you know and Ezekiel 37 verse 4 and again he said to me prophesy prophesy to your church prophesy to your marriage prophesy to your business prophesy to your world prophesy to your children prophesy to these bones and say to them oh dry bones hear the word of the Lord hear the word of the Lord give the Lord a hand clap Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath, breath to enter you, and you shall live. Your estranged brother and sister shall live. Your daughter, your son shall live in the presence of the Lord. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live in 2023 with a prophetic fulfillment that shall be enacted and activated right now as I speak in Jesus' name.